The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Eight minutes here before the top of the hour. Chinese President Xi Jinping is reemerging this week alongside Russia's President Vladimir Putin. They will have a meeting on Thursday. That'll be the first time they've sat down together since Russia invaded Ukraine. Joining us now is Rebecca Chong-Wilkins, Bloomberg's Asia Government and Politics correspondent. Well, it's a pretty interesting time, and I think you'd have to say, Rebecca, that given the losses that we've seen of late, uh, by Vladimir Putin in Ukraine, uh, that this could give Xi Jinping the upper hand. What does Xi Jinping want from Vladimir Putin? Well, I, I think that the big sort of goal from, from this type of trip, on the one hand, it does seem to sort of be this victory lap for Xi Jinping ahead of Congress um, and a return to the global stage. But on the other, he does seem uh, very keen with projecting this image of an alternative world order. And of course, um, Putin very much, and Russia's support very much feeds into that idea. And we've seen both uh, comments from Moscow and Beijing sort of upping, upping the ante on this type of rhetoric around combating uh, the hegemony, um, count, acting as a counterweight to NATO, for example, and creating this multipolar context. And of course, it, it, those, this, uh, the Xi Jinping and, and, and uh, Vladimir Putin meeting will be the centerpiece, I think, of this visit. It's important to, to understand as well, this is all happening in Central Asia, um, where Xi Jinping, you know, almost nine years to the day, Day, launched that landmark piece of foreign policy, his Belt and Road Initiative, nearly nine years ago. So again, we are seeing very much Xi Jinping coming to lay out not just this sort of clear tilt towards Russia, but this much more global vision uh, that he has just ahead of that Congress that Ishika mentioned, which is coming up mid next month. And we read that Vladimir Putin could seek to push through an agreement on the power of Siberia, too. That's a gas pipeline that would carry Russian gas to China. What is the current status of that? Yes, indeed. I think that is a big question mark. I mean, Russia exports to China have jumped you know, nearly 50% to $41 billion in the first five months of this year. So we have seen ties, trade ties, certainly between Moscow uh, and Beijing grow this year. Um, when it comes to energy in particular, clearly China is leaning on Russia to source more of its coal imports, for example, about 40% this year. But saying that, uh, you know, China 
China still does primarily rely on on its local uh, mines to to um, supply its coal, and so there is certainly a very asymmetric relationship here. Even as Russia clearly is likely to push for more support from China um, and obtain more industrial, more technological imports to help fill the the hole and that void uh, of Western goods because of sanctions. On the other side of the coin, we have seen plenty of calls uh, from Chinese officials and calls in China for Russia to do more to protect civilians in Ukraine. Uh, Is there any chance that we would see a strong pushback from Xi Jinping? I mean, what are we hearing about some sort of pushback on the aggressive nature of, of Russia in Ukraine? Well, on the whole, although we have seen some of those quite carefully placed comments on, uh, you know, repeating, I think, mainly comments made in the past for uh, compromise and for sort of peaceful negotiations and more peaceful resolution, um, I I think, uh, you know, we from some of China's sort of top leaders, it's number three official, for example, um, it's top diplomat, we have seen more sort of comments along that promote sort of Russia that... um, Um, and supposedly seem to support and back Russia, Um, I will say it is important to note that China itself, uh, in its state media and its sort of readouts from from diplomatic interactions, hasn't made that many explicit comments on its willingness to assist, and specifically use that word, assist Ukraine, um, although Russian readouts have. Yeah, it hasn't, because it seems that the, the larger goal is that the two stand together countering the West. Absolutely. And I think that is the the broader goal here. And and China itself, of course, will be very carefully treading this line between, on the one hand, wanting to support that counterweight to the West, a counterweight ultimately to a US-led world order, but on the other, steering very clear of anything that could risk um, invoking sanctions. And if you kind of look at the actions that China took initially at the outset of the war, they were quite careful to sort of sever some uh, some of its links and some of its economic links with yeah. Russia. So we yeah. have seen this very delicate balance. Yeah, it is. All right, Rebecca, thanks very much for your insights. Rebecca Chung-Wilkins, Bloomberg Asia Government and Politics Correspondent. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.